0: Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, Hi, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Leona. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's always a massive privilege to preach the Word of Jesus. Um, I always like to say that I don't take it for granted. Um, I see the, the responsibility and the heaviness also in it. But my prayer in and out through all the preparation was that his name would be glorified and then through it. Amen. So we are currently in a sermon series where we focus on the person of Jesus Christ himself. And by doing this, we look at the book of John. Because John put a lot of work and effort in to actually um, give us a proof almost why he believes Jesus was the Son of God. And he documented it really well. Like we can read a lot of miracles in the Gospel of John. We can read a lot of Jesus' preaching and teaching in society. And one way how John did it as well is he wrote down seven I am sayings. And this is the sermon series we are in. We are looking at those seven I am sayings and what that means to all of us. And this is our prayer as leaders as well as we prepared for the sermon series that in and through it, all of us, whether you have walked with Jesus for many, many years or you just are about to get to know him or you don't even know him yet. And you're just sussing him out that you would have a deeper understanding of this person, Jesus Christ, and also a deeper knowledge of what this means for you and for your life here today. That's our prayer. So let's read together John 10. It says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate. Three weeks ago, I went shopping in Little Hampton with my kids in the fruit and veg shop, amazing shop. <laughs> and when I go there, I usually get one of those massive boxes to fill in all my fruit and my veggies. And then we went home. And I don't know about your family, but in my family, every single thing seems to be a competition. So the second I drive into my driveway, this race is on of like, okay, who is first in the house? And everybody jumped out of the car and started running including mummy, So (laughs) I'm in. So I opened the door and then poor darling Cassie was crying. She lost it because she was about to enter the house last. And I turned around with my box of veggies and I said, Cassie, come on, doesn't actually matter. Let's just go inside and talk about it. And I don't know what happened. I actually can't really recall it. I think I must have fallen over a dog or slipped, but I fell on my bum and my leg went straight through our glass door blood everywhere class everywhere dogs going crazy kids screaming <laughs> absolute chaos um, ask me about the story further I am fixed up that's all good but a few days after this I opened um, the document where Dave just told us what sermon you should preach on and so on and the title was I am the door <laughs> <laughs> I just sat there and laughed, and I was like, well, praise God, the store is safe, isn't it? <laughs> praise you. All right, to be honest as well, um, just before we get into it, I want to say that I have had a very few full-on weeks, um, personally in our family as well as in my extended family. My dear grandfather passed away as well, and as I was preparing this, I really felt that grief can sometimes really paralyze your thoughts, can't it? And as I was sitting there and preparing, and I I just really struggled to to just think through and to have a wider vision. I I prayed, and I really sensed the Lord to say, Leona, I am the gate. I am. It's nothing about you. I am the gate. And so this is my prayer for today. So before I really get in, let's just pray. Jesus, I pray that you are the gate today. Lord, that everything that is happening up here will just be... Um, yeah just glorifying to you may every single word and action be disappointing pointing to you Jesus and maybe leave today here with a wider and bigger understanding of who you are Lord spirit I pray that you open our hearts to receive Lord and I pray that you um, yeah just keep us focused on what you have to say to us in your name amen so the parable I read out before is actually quite a prophetic parable it talks about the death of Jesus. It talks about that we have to go through him in order to be saved. But before we look at this a bit more, I would like to talk a tiny bit about the farming at Jesus' time. Because I think often background knowledge helps us to understand passages really well. So what kind of animal are sheep? Out of all the tamed animals that we know, even here in the Adelaide Hills, we see sheep quite a lot. Sheep are probably the most helpless animals. Sheep spend their whole day grazing on the grass, walking around, hardly ever looking up. And they pretty much just eat. Because they don't look up, they often get lost. And sheep, unlike most other animals, don't actually have a sense where they have an instinct of knowing where home is. So the sheep could even be, the herd of sheep could be over there. One sheep is over here and the sheep doesn't find his way back. It's lost. Sheep are also followers. If the lead sheep decides to jump off a cliff, the rest of the sheep will follow. Sheep are also easily attacked. When a wolf comes at night, they don't scatter around, which would make sense. No, they huddle together in one big group. So they are the most vulnerable they can ever be and are easily attacked. Sheep also can't swim they don't like running water so they always just try to find some still water to have something to drink this is also why david said in psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down on green pastures and he leads me beside still waters sheep in the bible present god's people in psalm 100 it says know that i The Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. Jesus told Peter to feed his sheep. And who were the first creatures on earth who found out about Jesus' birth? The shepherd and the sheep on the field. Some commentaries say that the sheep on the field most likely represented humanity. Those are sheep. And what did a sheep gate look like at the time of Jesus? Well, there were two different types of gates. There was the city gate, and the city gate was massive, was pretty big. And in the evening, a shepherd would come with a flock, and they would send all the sheep in. And the next day, the shepherd would come back to the pen and would call out the name of the sheep, and the sheep would hear his voice, and would come forward and the shepherd would move on. The sheep would recognize the voice of their own shepherd. The second type of sheep hen was on the countryside. And what people used to do is they collected rocks and they build a wall about this high, almost like a semicircle. And the shepherd himself with his body was lying in front of the opening as the gate to the sheep to be the protection for them at night. So who is this gate? In those two examples, Christ made himself to be both the door by which the shepherd enters and the shepherd that enters by the door. And why is he doing it? Because he is the door. Jesus talked even to the Jewish people who were listening and who, who actually thought back then they were the only right sheep. And he also talked to the Pharisees, who at this time thought they were the only right shepherds. If you have a tiny bit of an intercultural understanding, you know how difficult it is to bring sometimes a message across in a different culture. Jesus managed to speak to two completely different groups in one sentence. That just amazed me, just on his own. (laughs) So Jesus is the door of the sheep. He says in verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus reminds them immediately of this gate from this pen where the shepherd lies at night with the door. If we believe in Jesus, he promises us that he will be our door and that we can enter safely into his safety and protection. And that we can enter through this door into his presence here on earth even. So if you walk through the door, if you have accepted Jesus in your life, you are safe. This is what he is saying here. You can be confident that he has you in your hands no matter what you are going through. You are safe and you are saved once you are a part of his flock. Psalm 118 in the Old Testament is a very prophetic psalm. And it's properly written by David. So many, many, many years before Jesus even entered or walked on this earth. And even Peter mentioned that Psalm 118 in the book of Acts. And the scribes could not even judge him or, or get him down for misapplying it. So it had a lot of power. The Psalm 118 talks about the humiliation and exhortation of Jesus. And it says, open to me the Gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. Jesus is our gate to our salvation. David also noticed that Jesus is the gate for us to enter into his presence here on earth. So when we go Through hardship and through trouble, and we can choose here, in the here and in the now, to focus on the gate. We can know that we will have his protection. It says further on that they will come in and go out and find pasture. That's the daily life of the sheep, isn't it? The morning comes and the shepherd leads the sheep out of the sheep pen to go out again into Christ. Sheep really don't have any other job to do than to eat. As long as they eat, the wool keeps growing. As long as we focus on Jesus and on the gate, the kingdom of God will grow. So why we walk in and do our daily life. If we go out, we may go out, we go shopping, we go to university, we go to work, we look after the kids, we go our party, whatever we do. You are marked as his child, and he promises you that he has you, and that he protects you, and that he keeps you. Jesus said later on in John 10, 29, that no one can snatch you out of his hand. No one. If you choose to walk through the gate, you are his. What a promise is that? He promises that if he walk through the door, he will give us a place of rest. If we're in the presence of the Lord, we can know we are safe. And he, what does that mean? He, it means that while we do the life we do here right now, he will fill us with his peace that is beyond understanding. Sometimes we say these sentences pretty quickly as Christians who have been going to church for a while, isn't it? But there's so many humans right now in this world who just do not know the peace. He promises us to give us peace beyond human understanding. In moments when we don't get what's happening, we can have his peace. He told us that we can give him all our worries and everything that we carry, and we can leave it with him. Jesus is the gate, so we as his sheep here on earth can know that we are safe and secure if we focus on him. Jesus... Is also what he said in this parable, the door of the shepherds. The Pharisees, they knew the Torah. They studied it in and out. And there was Jesus standing in front of them. And they didn't recognize him. What Jesus said to them in this moment was so radical. It was so full on. He pretty much told them that Pharisees, if you haven't walked through this door yourself, you are actually like the thieves and the robbers. How full on. How confronting to this man listening to him. Jesus is also the door of the shepherds today. It means that if you haven't first entered the door, you can't be one of his shepherds. Only by walking through the door, by focusing on him and preaching the truth, we are acknowledged to be shepherds of his flock. There are so many voices in today's world, aren't there? There are so many people who have so many different opinions in all sorts, and even in churches. Sing like this, sing like that, dance like this, dance like that, communion like here, communion like that, whatever it is. Can I say it's good to have our opinions? I actually, I have opinions too. (laughs) It is, and it's also good to word your opinions, right? It is good to be in communication with each other. But we need to know that at the end of the day, all that matters is Jesus. All that matters is Jesus. Once you are a sheep, you will become a shepherd. 1 Peter 2.9, we are a priesthood of all believers. Two five. you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And later on in verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's who you are. That you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. This is who we are if you believe in Jesus. You are a shepherd to others too if Christ is your gate. It's massive. So what has all of this got to do with us today? As I was thinking about it, one thought just constantly popped in my mind. And it was this thought, do you know, do you know his voice? If you are sitting here right now or if you listen to the sermon later and you haven't walked through this gate yet and you don't know his voice, you will probably agree with me that most humans currently on earth are looking for a higher spiritual meaning in life. There are at the moment 12 major world religions and it says up to 4,300 other little religions' beliefs. All of them, but atheism, is searching for the place called heaven. I want to just look at a few right now. Atheism, I just said before, they don't believe that an afterlife exists. After death, people simply cease to exist. Buddhism. A Buddhist also believes that heaven, or they call it nirvana, is to be rejoined in spirit with God. Reaching nirvana, a transcendental blissful spiritual state, requires following the eighthfold Path. This includes understanding the universe and acting, speaking, and living in the right manner and with the right intentions. Mastering all of these things and all of the other Eighth Paths we return a worshipper's spirit to God. Hinduism is similar to Buddhism. Salvation is reached when the worshipper is freed from the cycle of reincarnation. And his spirit becomes one with God. One becomes free by ridding oneself of bad karma, the effect of evil action or evil intent. This can be done in three different ways. Through selfless devotion to and the service of a particular God, through understanding the nature of the universe or by mastering the actions needed to fully appease the gods. Islam. Islam is the takeoff of the Christian Judeo God. Muslims believe salvation comes to those who obey Allah sufficiently that good deeds outweigh the bad. Muslims hope that by repeating what Muhammad did and said will be enough to get them to heaven. But they also recite in extra prayers, fast go and pilgrimages and perform good works in the hope of tipping the scales. Martyrdom in service to Allah is the only way guaranteed to send a worshiper to paradise. So if you listen to this sermon here right now, I just want to say to you this. Christianity can often come across as a very selfish, proud religion. Christians, we actually claim that we know the way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you may say to me, but how selfish is it from a God to let so many people who follow other religions actually die and not come to heaven? Who are searching? You may also say, how intolerant is a God to only create one way to heaven? I don't know about you, but I have certainly been in conversations like this before. May I challenge you today. Only Christianity teaches. Only Christianity teaches out of all these world religions and other religions. That salvation is a free gift. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. God knows me. (laughs) He knows you. He knows that we couldn't do whatever we wanted to do to get to heaven in terms of works. He is holy. A holy God can't mix with unholiness. A pure essence can't be mixed with a poisoned one. The poison would just all take over. So the only way how God could do it is to come in a human body and to send Jesus and to be 100% God and 100% man and 100% without sin. And the moment when Jesus died on the cross, sin sinned. Sin had not the right to take Jesus. Death had not the right to take Jesus because he never sinned. And this this is the actual fact how Jesus defeated death. And this is knowing this and knowing who he was and knowing what he was about to do. Jesus could say with all confidence, I am the gate. I am the gate of the sheep. So if you don't believe in him, it's like you try to enter the pen from the side or under the fence or over the fence. But as long as you don't go through the gate, you won't get to know his peace. You want to actually get to know his voice. But you can choose to enter it. And if you haven't done it yet and you want to do it, please come and see me after. It would be an amazing privilege to pray for you. What does this passage mean to you if you do know his voice? You have walked through the gate. You made the decision in life to follow Jesus. Firstly, he promises you that you will enter the pen through the gate, through Christ. You're in. But what does it mean for you in your life here right now? Know his voice. Be in a relationship with him. Know his voice. Let's read again the verses 2 to 5. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd to the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. What does it mean to know the voice of God? We read in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, how Samuel even heard the audible voice of God and didn't recognize it. It Took him a few times running to Eli and Eli probably, and Eli then be like, oh, actually could be God. I don't know why, but the Lord doesn't choose very often anymore to speak in an audible way in this world. But we have something right now that Samuel didn't have. We have this here. So a very cliche answer, isn't it? We have the Bible. But what does it actually mean? This is a book, a book that the Lord put together for us humans to have in this world to get to know him to be shaped by him, to study him, to let our hearts be shaped by him and to be turned inside out, to be more and more like him. It says in Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that a man may be complete, equipped for every good work. Read the Bible, study it, get to know him. Most of you know I'm married to Josh and we've been married for almost 12 years. And if a stranger, thank you. And and if a stranger would now come to me and tell me something what Josh would have said, what would I do? I would listen, I would discern and I would reflect if whatever the stranger said to me would align to the character of my husband. And I think I would know. And why? Why would I know? Because I spend so much time with him. And I want to get to know him every day more. The same counts for us with God. You need to spend time with him. Seek him. Seek his name. Read the Bible. Pray. The Borner group in the U.S. reported that the average, listen to this, that's crazy, the average millennial Christian in the U.S. is currently Assuming up to 3,000 hours of social media per year. Only 150 out of those hours are with Christian input. To say it differently, it's a quarter of a year. Add sleep to it and you don't have much time left. With what are we filling our minds? What are we listening to? What are we watching? Are we filling our minds with more skepticism or with more confidence? Are we filling our minds with more doubts or with more faith? Do we fill it with the truth written in this, in this book here? Or do we also have to maybe break some addictions? If you do need to break in addictions again, please come. We would love to do the journey with you and to pray with you. But know his voice. Know his voice. Sheep are known to follow their leader, no matter how foolish they may be. Humans are often naive. And and we have seen in world history in the past, a charismatic leader who is attractive can have all sorts of foolish ideas and the sheep could follow. Know the gate. Know his voice. If you believe in Jesus, it also means that you have an accountability to bring others to the gate. Because Jesus said in this passage that when you walk through the gate, you will be a shepherd to others. Are you willing to lead others to the gate? Are you available to God to lead others to the gate? Are you including Him in your daily life? Are we willing to do what Jesus asked of us, which he said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want to tell you two short stories. And those two stories shaped my faith a lot in my life. Because the Lord taught me a lot through these two moments. In both stories, I really sensed that I heard his voice. And only in one story was I obedient. When I grew up, there was a, a girl in my age as well who, who was raised in the little village next to me, and um, she was blind. She couldn't see. She didn't have an eyesight. She was a Christian, and I saw her at, at all conferences, youth events everywhere. And for some reason, her life was just so heavy on my heart, and I felt so much for her. Um, I, know, I know that she prayed For healing or still praise that she would receive her eyesight in this life and i joined quietly and prayed for her always and i always said god if you want me to go up to her and to pray for healing can you please tell me the moment because i was afraid to just hurt her by coming up i saw others coming up and walking up and sometimes when a person has a disability and we all go and feel like we all can do it it can be in a careful way also quite painful so I said a lot. I want to know that I want to know that I want to know that it's the moment. And it happened. It was at a youth event and the Spirit came upon me. I was, I was shivering. I, I felt the heat. I was crying. She sat over there and I knew. And I didn't go. I, I was afraid. So I know the Lord does not need me in order to save her eyesight. I know the Lord can send out 50 other people right now here today. To, say, or to, heal, to pray for her. He could even heal her just while she wakes up during the night. I know he doesn't need me. But what this story told me was a lot how I am available for him and how willing I am to actually do and take action and be obedient when I think I know his voice. It shaped me. The second story was a week before Christmas, a few years back, I was at London Heathrow. I don't know who has been at this beautiful airport, but if you know Europe a bit, you know that no one wants to ever be at London Heathrow. It's, it's a complete chaotic airport. The fog is always there. Flights constantly get cancelled, and you just don't want to be stuck at Heathrow. So I was at this airport and I looked around and again, it was a foggy day and all the flights got canceled. And I stood there waiting for my plane to take off to Frankfurt. And I saw a young man standing on the other side of the hall and I felt God's prompting. So I was in England, but I walked up to him and I spoke German, (laughs) quite funny anyway. And I said to him, hey, are you flying to Frankfurt? And he said, yes, I am. And then I looked to him and he teared up and he said, my sister is getting married this afternoon if there is a God in this world, a higher power, it's his time to prove it now. <laughs> and I said, I was like, well, there's Jesus. And if I pray right now, I can, I can tell you that our flight will take off. And you know when you say something and you're like, whoops. <laughs> Where did this confidence come from, Leona? I don't know. But it was said, So I had to pray, didn't I? So I prayed. And I kid you not, canceled, 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 go to gate. We entered the plane, and who sat next to me? Poor guy. <laughs> so we had one hour and 20 minutes on the way to Frankfurt, and I explained to him the whole gospel. And I didn't have a Bible with me, but I had the book, The Heavenly Man. Read it if you haven't. It's amazing. And I wrote something in it for him and I gave him the book and I've never heard or seen him ever again. I strongly believe he is a shepherd to, to the Lord's sheep today. I can't wait to meet him in heaven again and to giggle over the story. But the blessing of hearing and recognizing his voice and the prompting of his spirit. you can come up. So what does the gate, what does Jesus promise us? He promises us assurance and deep trust. He promises us to be our foundation, our hope, knowing and understanding of everlasting love. He promises us that we will have his spirit inside us. In James 1.5, it says that you can pray for wisdom and he will give it to you. He pretends that he will clean your heart from an evil conscience. He promises rest. Peace. And he promises us security. Psalm 91. I just read a few verses. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And later on it says, You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Jesus promised to those who know his voice that he will protect you. Outside that sheep pen at night, it's a pretty dangerous place to be for sheep. But inside, you know his peace and the hope in his protection. So I strongly believe that God provided everything he could for us here right now in this world. Jesus being the gate, he provided a way for us to come to him for all eternity. And Jesus being the gate, he also provided the way for us to to enter his presence while we are here on earth today. It's up to us. It's up to you. And it's up to me what we do with him. Jesus is not only a gate. Jesus is the gate. And he is the way for us to know the Father. And he is the way for us to have eternal life. And if you walk through the gate, you will lead others to the gate too. That's the promise. So do you choose the gate? Let's pray. Jesus, we just worship you, Lord, that you are the gate, that you are the secure door. Lord, that we can choose you in our lives and and look to you and know what you want from us, Lord. Know that we have all confidence in this world right now to be your children and to be safe and secure in you, Jesus. It gives us a great amount of freedom to, to know that we can just be part of your flock and that you are our shepherd. Lord, we don't have to complete a whole to-do list in order to get saved. It's not by works, Jesus. But it's by just making the decision to follow you. So, Lord, I pray that all of us here would experience this freedom and this confidence and the peace beyond understanding in this world here today, Lord. I pray that all of us here would continue to choose to look at the gate and to point others to the gate. Lord, May we fill our minds with the truth. Jesus, I pray that you help us to pick up your Bible, to pick up the word and to study you and to get to know you more and to know who you are, Lord. Jesus, we just pray for open hearts that we would just receive what you have for us, Lord. Spirit, we ask you that you change our minds and our souls and our consciences and everything we have, Jesus, and turn it more towards you. I us pray, Lord, that you keep us safe. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.